Reed's Ranch is proud to partner and be presented by Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm, the best criminal defense, DUI, and personal injury lawyer in Knoxville. His law firm has over 80 years of combined experience. Their reputation speaks for itself. Don't drink and drive, but if you do, if you get pulled over, chances are the state of Tennessee, the police officer, they're going to make some mistakes in the prosecution of your case. Marcos Garza and his team will find that mistake and prove that the state has failed to meet its burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Visit GarzaLaw.com or call 865-540-8300 for your free consultation. That answer calls 24-7. On today's episode, we talk a little bit of hoops. We talk about Nigel the Fallen Bird, the saddest story ever. And Seth takes us on a spiritual journey with one of his cousins. It's Seth in prime form. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, let's get to the show. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you. Another weekend edition. John Reed here, Seth Hughes, joining us down in Alabama. Seth, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, John. How about you? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, it's cold here. Is it cold there? Freezing, man. It's yeah. freezing. Yeah, fuck this. Fuck it's this. miserable. I, 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 I'm, I'm dumb. I'm dumb, and I, whenever it started warming up a couple weeks ago, I thought it was going to warm up for good, and I got excited, and nope. Nope, still cold. Still cold. Still cold. What I hate more than anything is those days, though. Like, there was one day at the beginning of this week, like Monday, I think it was, and I had the heat full blast in the morning on the way to work at around 7 a.m. I had a jacket on on the way to work. I had to go to the post office at lunch, and at lunch, as I was driving to the post office, I had the air on, no jacket, had the air full blast on, and then by the time I got off work again at around 4.30, the heat was back on in my car. Like, I hate... So you're just asking for... You, you just want consistency. I just, like, if it's going to be cold, then just be cold. Be, I mean, col- be cold not. enough Be cold enough where you can wear your jacket in your car and not burn up. Yeah, like, I just hate going back and forth. Um, but I thought, I did too, I thought it was going to be done being miserable after about three weeks ago when it was just so cold. And, you know, here we are again. I don't know what the temperature is today, but, I mean, it had been so windy the last couple of days that it was making it feel colder than it really was. But I'm tired of the cold, too. And that was Talking Weather with John and Seth. Do you care at all about signing day right now? No, because I just don't think it's really fair to them. I mean, it seems like they're going to get some. They're going to finish pretty decently. I feel like. I think they'll be top twenty. Yeah. I think it'll be top twenty. I was basically told we're, you know, this might end up coming out sounding stupid, but I was told that basically to only expect to have a good shot and probably get Quay Walker, the linebacker. Yeah. And pretty much you're going to miss on all the other big time prospects. Yeah, are they going to? Th- they're going to keep the um, the wide receiver. Well, I was thinking of that JJ Peterson guy. Oh yeah, no, it seems like he's he's locked in. Okay, because I know, like, you know, he had committed before. I guess he had ever visited, and then you got some word about how he was going to maybe visit Alabama. 
from all from er, from everything I from everything I was told, there's no real threat of losing him. Now that might end up sounding dumb, and like I'm, I don't claim to be anything resembling a recruiting expert. But of like the three guys currently committed that haven't signed, like Jordan Young, that wide receiver that we got that came mm-hmm. out of nowhere, he's pretty much the only threat that that I've been told to like keep an eye on because now like Florida State's in on him. Okay. I was told that like you know that's the only one that you're really worried about losing. I did not realize that Clay Walker is rated higher than JJ Peterson. Oh yeah, no, he's a stud. He's a five star on two four seven. He's a stud. So, I mean, I, it's not really. I mean, we could we we, we might be starting to refreshment at linebacker. I think I'd be okay with that. Oh, I would too. I think I'd I prefer think that. that. I would too. Um. Especially if they're going to go to some type of, and I don't know what they'll do in year one. I don't know if they'll go all straight three four, or if they'll do some hybrid and you know kind of ease into it. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to have four linebackers, especially, yeah, I mean, I know one will be a, I know one will be more of a pass rusher type of thing on the edge, but still, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So I, I, if you're listening and you are in Knoxville, the area, we are going to be doing a. When I say we, not Seth, he'll be working. Uh, we at Fox Sports Knoxville will be doing a remote on signing day at Quaker Steak and Lube. We'll be out drinking and broadcasting all day on Kingston Pike, so come hang out with us. Also locked down a March Madness sponsor, Seth. Got some locations to watch March Madness. Are you planning on hitting the road at all for, for Tennessee basketball in March? I will be at the SEC tournament in St. Louis. Um, oh, wow, sure. really? Yes. Um, Damn, that's pretty cool. How far away? How far away are you from St. Louis? I mean, I assume, you're, I assume you're going to fly, though, right? No. Well, my best friend lives in Memphis, so... Oh, okay. It's short. It's not a bad drive at all from Memphis. Am I your, second, way, am you I your second best friend? Yeah. Yeah. Top five, at least? But, yeah, top five. So, if you lived in Memphis, it would be an extremely easy trip to St. Louis. Um, which is why I had always gone until this year. What about top four? Missouri games. What about top four? Can you put me in the top four? Am I on your, am I on your Mount Rushmore of friends? Top of, yeah. of best friends? Yeah, you're the only friend I have that makes me money monthly. I don't make the something. money. The, the the patrons sacrifice their money because they appreciate us. Yes, that's, that's true. But if it wasn't for you, I don't. I don't like that your. I don't like that your uh, basis. Of for course, our... I don't put a monetary value on friendship. If you took money from me. If, you, if this friendship cost me money, it would still be I, I, I don't, in the very top. I, I don't like that you immediately went to me trying me making you money. I, it was a joke. Which, I, don't, I don't put some monetary value on, on kinship, John. Which, by the way, if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Maybe I'll get in Seth's top three friends if we can uh, boost that up a little bit. But yes, John, I do love you. You know this. Because I make you money. Oh, my God. Fantastic. 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 Well, think of something. I'll, I'll try to think of something to give the patrons more exclusively. That way we can make you some more money and I can become your uh, your, your second best buddy. So I, can, so I can get the silver medal of your heart. But if we, hopefully, I don't really understand. Like, sometimes you see that we're going to play in, like, we're in that, the, the Nashville region for whatever bracket that is. Um, yeah. Is that the East region? Yeah. No, well, I, I think, I, I think, I th- actually think it's two regions that will be in Nashville. I think okay. that's usually how they no. do it. They have destinations that are in like kind of two brackets. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. And it seems like Lenardi has us a lot in Boise. Yeah. If we're in the Nashville bracket, if we're in the Nashville. <clears throat> We're in Nashville that first weekend. I'll be there for that. If we're in Atlanta the second weekend, I will be there for that too. Um, yeah, see, see that that's what I prefer. Like, I would much rather be in Atlanta for the Sweet 16 than I would Nashville for the, the first and second round. Yes. Because basically, quite frankly, I won't be able to go. I won't be able to go round one. On that either Thursday or Friday, I have obligations uh, at a at a at a restaurant in Knoxville. Shout out to Elkmont Exchange; they are uh, paying us to come out there and host a party on that Thursday and Friday for March Madness. Uh, so I won't be able to go round cool. one, but round two, 
theoretically, I could get out to Nashville if it was a 4-5 matchup, right? That'd be worth going, or mm-hmm. I guess it'd be yeah. a... Although, here's the, thing that, here's the thing that I keep seeing, and I don't know if this is already set in stone or if it's just projections, but the only Nashville games I see on Lenardi's bracket are 7-10 and 2-15 matchups. There's, there's four of them. Yeah. Or two of them. And we're not going to be a 7-10, obviously, and we're not going to be a 15. Could we get to two? Probably not. Like, I don't know if that's set in stone, Seth, but like it, it's saying that that's uh, basically what's getting in Nashville, the 7-10, 2-15 and 15 yeah. of the East and for West us to, For us to be a two-seed, we would have to win out. Yeah. Like, the, the whole thing. Like, my, my, not my goal is to be... My goal is to be uh, the four or the five seed in the South, and then get to go to Atlanta. Get to go to Atlanta. Because, like, if you get that four seed in the South, and you get Virginia, you got a really good chance to go to the Elite Eight. Oh yeah, it'll be a party down there. It'll be a party in Atlanta. Yeah. That will be fun. I'd, I'd, I'd much rather have that scenario than the Nashville first and second round, and then having to go to like. I don't even know where that where those second rounds or uh, second weekends would be, but I, I know Atlanta's the only close one. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So you are going to the SEC tournament, though. That's cool. Yeah, I'm. I, I really like going to the SEC tournament in basketball. I, I really love it. Um, unfortunately, the times I've been, Tennessee has never done well. Um, as we all know, the SEC tournament is kind of the bane of Tennessee basketball throughout its history. Uh, but this year Tennessee has a great chance to win that tournament. Um, there is no reason why Tennessee can't win that tournament. So I'm excited to be there. I think Tennessee is very clearly right now the second best team in the league. Um, Florida continues to lose bizarre games. Yeah, there's a big game today between Florida and Alabama. In the SEC. Yeah. Alabama continues to lose bizarre games. Um, lost to Missouri at home Wednesday night. Yeah, Missouri's favorite over Kentucky tonight, too, by the way. Wow. Tennessee's, what, 10.5-point favorites today? Yeah, 10, 10.5, somewhere around there. Kentucky, uh, two-point underdogs at Missouri. So not, not, wow. big, not big underdogs, but, you know, underdogs nonetheless. I was very surprised by that Missouri-Alabama game. I know. Me, too. Shout-out to Conzo for getting it done for us. Um. Alabama just – I really thought Alabama had figured it out. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I really don't know. It's one thing to lose to Ole Miss on the road, and then when you follow it up by a win against Oklahoma, you know, you're, you're, you're good. But uh-huh. it's another thing to, to drop to Missouri at home. And then Florida just – I don't know what Florida's deal is. Yeah, yeah, they look really good sometimes. I, I think, I think Seth, the big one of the big things is we gave them too much credit for beating Kentucky in Kentucky, and then mm-hmm. you know Kentucky turned around and was down double digits to Vanderbilt, and then Vanderbilt completely shit that game away. Did you see the end of that I mean, Vanderbilt Kentucky yes, game, John? That ending was criminal. Yeah, Vandy ought not be able to take the court the rest of the season. I, I, I don't, I don't say this lightly. Those kids should be kicked out of school. They are was, they are representing an intelligent university who prides itself on being smarter than everyone else, and some dumbass kid fouled somebody seventy feet away from the basket with two seconds left, up two points. They should kick those kids out of school. It's the I mean, second that, that, it's the second most egregious thing Vanderbilt athletes have done in the last seven years. Second most. I mean, not bigger than that other thing with James Franklin, but second most. They were up five with under a minute left. Riley Lachance, who is white, missed a free throw. Their 89% free throw shooter missed another free throw, and then they fouled a guy 70 feet away from the basket with two seconds left as the ball was scrambling out of bounds. Like There's zero chance Kentucky got any type of shot off, much less a quality look, and Vanderbilt fouled them. They should kick the kids yeah. out of school. They should and put like- them on trial and kick them out of school. And, you know, in some ways, it might have saved Kentucky's season. Yeah. 
I mean, West Virginia is obviously not as good as we thought. Iowa State doubled up their point total that they scored against Tennessee against West Virginia a mere three days later, two days later, I'm sorry. Um, I mean, West Virginia got hammered by Iowa State Tuesday night. Iowa State scored like 88 points. At the time of this recording, uh, Missouri's up eight on Kentucky right now with four minutes left in the first half. Okay. So that'd be good. Like Tennessee can Tennessee can theoretically get sole possession of second place in the SEC tonight. I assume we're going to beat the hell out of Ole Miss, and Kentucky is going to lose to Missouri. It looks like, or at least a very good chance. And then yeah, Florida, Florida against uh, Alabama. One of those teams. I, I guess it wouldn't be sole position. It'd be tied. Or no, it'd be sole position if Alabama beat Florida because they're a game behind us now. And I do think Florida's going to beat Alabama, but still. Yeah. So, hey, Florida's just so weird, like gun to my head. I almost still would say Florida's the best team in the league. Like if, guns, they, if the gun's to your head and you have to pick who's going to win the SEC tournament, it'd probably be Florida. Yeah. I do still feel that way, too. I do still feel that way, too. But they just they lose games that, like, Tennessee and Auburn don't. Yeah. yeah I mean, Auburn t- still has – Auburn has a hellacious schedule the rest of the way. Auburn um, does? I thought. No. What, what, what I've looked okay. is based – what I've looked, Seth, it's basically going to be impossible for Tennessee to catch Auburn. Okay. From what I've looked. Look, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. But to me, Auburn's schedule – Going to be really tough to make up two games. They go Vanderbilt okay. today at home, Texas or Texas A&M at home, at Georgia, home against Kentucky, at South Carolina, home for Bama, at Florida, at Arkansas, South Carolina. So those, you know, two of those last three games at Florida, at Arkansas, those are tough. But to me, the rest of them pretty favorable. Okay. Pretty favorable. Bruce Pearl's going to win the fucking SEC at Auburn, isn't he? Yep. And he's going to get fired. Gonna fire <laughs> he's going to get his ass fired. Going to get I mean, that ass fired. It's really amazing that they've kept it together. Because everybody knows he's getting fired. Oh, yes, yeah, the complete opposite of of what happened his last year here. I mean, we were, we were rolling, then the uh, investigation came, and then we kind of sucked towards the end of the year and got blown out in the tournament, right? And maybe that could still yeah. be the end result here. Maybe the the rumor comes out right before the tournament again that, hey, uh, Pearl's going to be out, and then they come out and get the shit kicked out of them in the first round, like we did against Michigan. That could still that's still in play, that's still in play. But right now they're twenty and two, and looking like they're going to win the regular season SEC title at Auburn without Forbes, who everyone said is you know was the benefit, who was the uh, I guess the uh, intricate factor. I don't even know if I use that word right. I'm an idiot. Uh, it was the most integral part of of their success was Forbes and his assistant coaches, all that. None of those guys are left. It's just Bruce and Steven. It's just Bruce and Steven down at Auburn right now mowing through the SEC. Yeah. Did I use that word right? Most integral yeah. part? I mean, it, 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 it's impressive. I mean, integral is yeah, not, not that big of a word. No. Is that what was impressive or, or, or Bruce? Both. Oh, okay. Both, to be fair. Okay. Yeah, I got no other thoughts on basketball. You got any, you got any other thoughts on basketball? No, I mean, it looks like Tennessee should – I think Tennessee should win one game next week. Should at least win one game next week. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at, too. Beat Ole Miss and then find a way to win either at Kentucky or at Alabama, and that's a successful week. Yep. That's a successful week. Uh, I think you can get in that 4-5 range – uh, get to get in the south and go to Atlanta. That'd be, that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. I think it'd be uh, a lot of orange down in Atlanta. Although it still hasn't really gotten to to TBA, but I do think if the team was in the uh, uh, Sweet Sixteen, that people would still would, would finally show up and, and and really buy into basketball. Did you see the report coming from Fox Sports Knoxville that uh, the smoky gray jerseys are done? No more. Yes, thank God. People were 50-50 on that. Yeah, I'm not surprised that a man that was coached by Gene Stallings is axing the uh, the gray jerseys. I mean, 
we have a traditionalist as head coach. That makes you proud, doesn't it? No, I, I don't really think you need great jerseys. I think that uh, I think that the what's more important. I mean, I, I think we we have a guy. I don't know if he's going to win or whatever. I think they'll at least have the right attitude. I mean, I don't think our team is going to be soft. That's true. But I, I'm not surprised that he's axing them. I mean, did you see the story that went on yesterday about Nigel the Bird? Did you see that yeah. story? Did you read that? No, I did not. It looked awful. This poor bird, Nigel, flew in to this island, Mana Island. There's a point. There's a place in New Zealand, right? And they 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 put eighty fake birds on the island, trying to attract some real life gannets. So they put fake gannets out there, trying to get real ones to show up. They did that basically twenty years ago. Finally, in 2015, this one bird shows up. They named him Nigel. And he tried to befriend and woo and mate with a concrete bird. And he just stayed by the side of this concrete bird, and he built a nest, and he did all this thing for her, and they found him dead. But the worst part of the story is that, A, he never left the side. That's, that's pretty sad. But B is that these other birds finally showed up last year to hang out. Like they were finally starting to to get some excitement that these birds had shown up. But these other birds got there and they thought that Nigel was a weirdo apparently because he's just hanging out with these concrete fake birds. And they wouldn't hang out with him. He, He could have had some companionship, but he didn't get any. And they found him dead next to the bird. It's somewhere between the notebook and Titanic. I don't know where it's at. One of the two. They thought he was a weirdo, Seth. They called him No Mates Nigel. Maybe the most frustrating part is that, you know how they finally got these other three birds to show up? Mm-hmm. Do you know how they got them to show up? Well, it wasn't by their stupid ideas of painting the birds. It wasn't their stupid ideas of pretending like there's bird poop all over the island. Do you know how they did it? By putting some speakers in there and having a bird call. What fucking took so long, people of Mana Island? At what point did you stop and say, you know what? You know how to attract birds? Bird calls. Isn't that the sole purpose of the bird call, Seth? To attract birds? Yeah. Well, what the hell took so long? I don't know. That, that that makes me laugh that they waited that long to... Uh... Oh, hey, why aren't, why aren't any of these birds showing up? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we should paint feathers on them. Oh, wait, that didn't work either? Well, maybe if we made it look like bird poop, they'd show up. And then finally, some some guy said, Hey, you know what might make them come? If they hear other birds having fun. Living life. That might make them have fun. But it was too late for Nigel. I'm just scared. Too late for Nigel. I'm just scared of Don alone, Seth. Yeah, I mean Nigel is a chivalrous young man. I'm looking. I'm looking in the future right now, and I'm seeing me as Nigel. I'm seeing a lot of lonely bastards of Nigel as all these sex robots get as all these sex robots come out. The whole world's going to end up like Nigel. It's already happening in Japan. It's already happening in Japan. You got Japanese men spurning their families to go lay in, lay in the guest room with a sex robot. With one of those sex dolls. It's already happening. It's already happening. Nigel just wanted a friend, Seth. Just wanted a friend. Just wanted a friend. And these stupid idiots, instead of helping him, called him No Mate Nigel. And then they wrote a poem for him. Did you did you read this poem? I did not. The idiots who let him die alone. By the way, like at some point when when these other birds showed up, did any of these idiots stop and think maybe they should remove these concrete birds? Like why was that not why was not why was that not thought of? Hey, now there's four birds here. We can start building a real life colony. We don't have to have these fake-ass birds anymore. Can somebody remove them from the grounds? 
And then Nigel maybe would have had some friends. It doesn't seem like it was very well thought out. Oh, and the but, fact it took 20 years to, to do bird calls. Oh, but don't worry, Seth. They, they wrote a poem for him. To Nigel, you stayed a while on Mana Island, attracted by your concrete mates. You built a nest, you did your best, but only Norman dropped on by. We weeded, we painted, we sprayed Gano around. We hope you'd find the real thing. Three newbies arrived, a Christmas surprise, but suddenly you're, you are gone. R.I.P. No Mates Nigel. First of all, that's the worst fucking poem I've ever heard in my life. There's only two li- There's only two lines that arrived. Three newbies arrived, a Christmas surprise. You built a nest, you tried your best. Those are the only parts that rhyme. Yeah, it's not exactly Alfred Tennyson. It's not even Vanilla Ice. And these idiots... They, they... People were sad about that, Seth. You don't seem you don't sound like it's you don't sound like it's hurting you. I'm just I'm more blown away by the stupidity of the people that were running the colony. Like, why did they just let concrete birds sit there for twenty years with nothing happening? <laughs> that's like, that that's a pretty good question. And then Nigel shows up, but it's only him. Nigel is clearly socially stunted. And their next thing to do is paint the birds. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Like, if something happened, it's like you did something and nothing happened for 20 years, don't you think that it might be time to change some variables? One would think so, Seth. Rest in peace, Nigel. And then there's like, oh, let's, let's paint some bird poop down. All right, I got, I got, I got a new... Um... A new segment. It was kind of for the radio. This came in after the buzzer yesterday, but I do think it should be uh, considered for the podcast. Okay, okay. It's, it's a new segment. I was calling it "Fix My Life" for people send in some uh, some moral dilemmas. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it was a a segment I was calling "Fix My Life." It, we got we got a couple decent ones, but this 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 listener sent one in. And it's a female listener, and I feel like it would be nice to get some female listeners uh, uh, some love. Okay, so listen to this, Seth, because they want they want our advice. You listening? I'm listening. Okay. She writes in, I went on this Bumble date Friday with this super cute guy who went to Yale. Bumble is a dating uh-huh. app. Bumble's a dating app. Like his profile is him in a suit, super preppy, Yale grad, etc. I would have, first of all, like if, I mean, I I wouldn't have wanted to go out with a, a really preppy guy in a suit, but whatever. I guess some people see yell and think, whatever. Anyways, th- those are my words. All right, so basically he told me his whole life story on our first date, which is the following. He always wanted to be a youth pastor, so he went to college and studied divinity. Then he decided he didn't believe in God anymore, so he got a master's at Yale in world religions or theology or something. Anyway, he got married at 24. His divorce was finalized in September because his wife was emotionally abusive. He told me he saves all of his money to go on spiritual journeys to do the drug uh, ahahusuk. Oh, my God. What is this word? Ayahuasca. You're so smart. I'm so dumb. Ayahuasca. To do the drug ayahuasca in the desert. I mean, I know what it is. I just don't know how to say that. So ayahuasca, is, is that basically like what Phil Jackson would do with peyote and shit? Um, or no? Yeah. It's an Indian type drug. I know. I have a a family member who um got basically citizenship in an Indian tribe, so he could go onto Indian land in Kentucky and smoke ayahuasca with the natives. Have you ever um, asked him what it's like? Oh, yeah, we've had deep, deep conversations about it. Well, what's he say it's like? It's like you have out-of-body, you have, like, out-of-body experiences or what? Well, the last time we talked about it, we were in Nashville together over the summer, and he was inebriated, and he told me that he thought I was smart enough to 
be Walter White, <laughs> and we could and I could start cooking. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm probably not probably not the career path I'm trying to go down, but you know that you're right. I could probably do it. And then wait, wait, wait. He told are you, are, wait first. Sorry, not to interrupt, but are you good at like chemistry and shit? Like, uh, I kind yeah, of, I, mean, I, 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 just, I, I kind of know what you do. Like, but uh, like I, I thought you're like an engineer, like computer engineer type of guy. I am, but I mean, but you could also like, be like a really good chemist who could cook perfect meth. Like, uh, okay. you don't need, you don't have to be smart to do it. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's just you have to follow the instructions. Um, and he didn't want me to cook meth. He didn't want me to cook meth for. For the record, it was more of a, he's more of a psychedelic drug addict. He's more of a Joe Rogan-esque type druggie. He was more interested in DMT. He wanted me to do, he wanted me to cook DMT. Well, did you tell him you would give it a shot or how'd you leave the conversation? Um, I, I like, tried to change subject and so we changed subject and we got on to his Escapades into on the Indian land in Kentucky, and he showed me his identification, <laughs> so he can legally smoke ayahuasca. Okay. So he did it, and you basically you go on this Indian tribe. You like do the little shit around the campfire, and then they take you to like a, a cabin, and they sit you down in that cabin. One person's there with you, so they can watch over you, and you. Uh, you can drink the ayahuasca, um, and they tell you not to eat or drink anything for 24 hours, I think, before, because that ayahuasca is going to pull every negative thing you've put in your body out. It's going to clean you out. So he, he drank the ayahuasca, and he said about five minutes later, he uh, started seeing things, and he had to go outside. He had to go outside and sit in the grass. So he sat in the grass, and he said he could connect with every single blade of grass and every single leaf on a tree that was around him, and he said he saw God. And that he was an atheist before this, but that he saw God, and God talked to him. And then he started violently throwing up and having diarrhea. Because that ayahuasca cleaned him out. But that on his way home the next day, he texted his mother, who is a a stoic woman, I guess you could say. She's my aunt. And told her that he saw God. And I don't believe she replied. <laughs> okay. I know you really well. As we as we've discovered, I'm I'm in your top five friend groups, mostly because I yep. help you make money, but because we're also friends. I know you. I feel like the listeners know you. I need to mm-hmm. know how you responded to this conversation. Well, the whole thing, like it, the whole thing started because we were we were trying to dis- we were discussing music, which brought us to Sturgill Simpson, and then brought us to the the basically the spiritual and the spiritual imagery behind Sturgill Simpson's lyrics, which weren't as prominent on the last album, but his very first, um, no, I'm sorry, second album. Sturgis Simpson's second album is about psychedelic drugs, DMT, um, God. It's about that whole thing, like the turtles all the way down. That song he sings is about an old ancient proverb of how the world sits on a turtle's back and turtles go all the way down. Just want to, Like that whole album is about spirituality. So I was telling him, I was like, you know, hey, if you listen to Sturgill Simpson, he's interested in a lot of these other things that you're interested in. You should listen to his podcast on Joe Rogan, which then devolved into him telling me how interested he was in psychedelic drugs and telling me that in his spare time at home in middle Tennessee, he goes on hikes to the woods to pick mushrooms, and then he drives them out. He has a room that he, that he drives them out in so he can, so he can trip out on them. And how he's now become a, a member of an Indian tribe, so he can smoke ayahuasca. And he had done it once at that point. That was in July. That was in June, and he was going back in August. And 
we hadn't really talked much since because he got mad at me because he wouldn't shut up about Russia. And I was just like, dude, America can't complain about foreign intervention when we overthrow presidents of all these other countries, including Russia. And I was like, it's, it's like it's, Americans complain about this. It's the, it's the pot calling the kettle black, dude. I was like, Trump beat Hillary. It just is what it is. And so he got mad at me over that, and then he didn't like the fact that I wouldn't cook him DMT. So we haven't picked back up ayahuasca, and, <laughs> and we didn't do anything with him at Christmas because I was so sick, obviously. Yeah. And the whole family was sick, and we couldn't be around my grandmother, who's in an assisted living home. So we, we didn't get to do anything with him for Christmas, so I didn't get to see him. And at Thanksgiving, he was in Houston doing uh, work post-hurricane rebuild. So I haven't seen him since that trip to Nashville in June where we talked about Joe Rogan and picking mushrooms. Um, he's an eclectic young man. How old is he? Well, he's not young. He's 37. What are the chances he would do a podcast with us? Little. He has no idea about this podcast, and he won't. What are the chances we could just pretend like you guys are having a phone conversation and I record it for the podcast? Very little. I will try to I will try to get back in touch with my cousin and talk to him to ask him for an update on ayahuasca in the Indian tribe. Well, look, look, I, I'm trying to move up in your friend group, and I do think that would be the best patron exclusive co- content we could get is you having a a conversation. Uh, with your, with your family member about his journey, I really wish like that that conversation was was um, recorded was was recorded because yeah, me too. I, I, it spanned so much because he started the conversation off, you know, he's about how he had never believed in God, and he was an atheist, and then it ended up with him telling me that while he felt every blade of grass on the Indian reservation, he was also talking to God. And then he started having diarrhea, and he was just shitting himself. <laughs> and yeah. this was also at four a.m. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I need the patron only. I, I need the patron only sit down with him. I need the patron only sit down with him. And it's so much better because, like, obviously you can you can you can imagine the family that I come from. No, yeah, no, I'm blown away by this. I know your sisters. I I, I know about your mother and father. I'm really blown away that you have a crazy uncle or cousin, whoever the hell it is, running around taking peyote and and shitting on himself and and, and filling every blade of grass. And so, like, my my uncle is is one of the hardest working men I know. He, like, he is no nonsense. No bullshit, extremely well-read, very intelligent man, can build anything. And his one of his sons is a machine shop guy who works, you know, 10 hours in blue collar. And then the, the daughter's a school teacher. And then the, the other guy, Ayahuasca, is, is brilliant. He's the smartest person in the family outside of me, of course. But... You know, he's like sitting there talking to me about spirituality and God, and that is not something that his father, you know, we would like. It was just so random and so weird, and because I was just trying to get him to listen to Sturgill Simpson. I was just like, you know, you would really like Sturgill Simpson's music. I was like, it's no nonsense country music, and he talks about the things you like. And I was like, and then next thing you know, I'm listening to his story of him sitting around with actual Native Americans doing ayahuasca. I and he listen. wanted me to cook DMT. I honestly feel like you should try cooking DMT for him just to see where it goes. Like, because I've never would do a psychedelic drug or any drug, but I like to me, if you're going to do a drug, it's always seemed like DMT would be the best thing to do, like just from what I've read about psychedelic drugs, like from Jerry Garcia and Joe Rogan and Sturgill, like, I mean, the, the trip is only like 15 minutes long for DMT and it's super um, intense and you 
get on another plane of reality, supposedly. So I've always I've read a lot about them. I would never do them, but what about for what about for the patrons only? Would you do no, DMT I, for the I, patrons? I can't, I, I, I can't I can't do drugs, so I gotta stay drug free. <laughs> I have a job to keep. <laughs> that's what that's what you should say to the non patrons. We're staying drug free for the non patrons. Right. At my last job, I didn't have to get drug tested. At the new one, I do, so no DNT for me. I should have got you when you're unemployed. That's the thing. You had that two month window of me doing nothing but <laughs> playing video games, around. probably. Yeah. Read, reading conspiracy theorists and 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 trying to find this damn memo for Trump. I haven't even read it. I I haven't either. I don't care about it. I don't either. I feel like I got off track, but I'm I'm very happy we did. Yeah, so there you go. Now you know a little bit more about my extended family, the uh, the fine people. I can and ayahuasca. How do you say it? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. You can go. I honestly, I did not know that you can do it with native tribes in America. I knew that you could go to like Brazil and well, get in the. I mean, I, the jungle. I, I, I imagine this is pretty similar to just smoking peyote, right? Or no? It's the same kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I knew, I knew Phil Jackson did that shit in Montana all the time. Uh, from what, like, the, the, from what I have researched about ayahuasca, it is an extremely bitter, 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 bitter thing to drink. I mean, it sounds horrible to ingest. Um, sounds worth it. But you have an extreme, and the trip for ayahuasca lasts longer. I think my family member told me it lasted an hour. If you take DMT, it's going to last like 15 minutes. You know why you're, you're you know why you're in my Mount Rushmore friends? Why? Because you make me smarter. <laughs> Thank you, John. You make me smarter. But um So anyways, this guy saves his money to go on spiritual oh, journeys yeah. to do a bunch of drug ayahuascas. Yes. Ayahuascas. Ayahuasca. Say it one more time. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. So first of all, it sounds like he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah. She says, anyway, I told him we weren't compatible. He agreed. They decide they're going to be friends, which seems a little fishy. She said, so we hung out and watched TV Sunday. They have plans to go to the movies this weekend, which I guess would be like right now. And he wants to start going to yoga with me. We both had other dates Monday night, and he texted me to discuss them. And then he asked to see a picture of my date, which she thought was really weird. Yeah. She doesn't know if he really wants to be friends, if he's just a big hippie, or what's going on. What would be your advice, Seth? Okay, so first of all, I am very reticent and annoyed by these people who they're like, oh, I don't believe in God, but I'm going to go on these spiritual journeys where you go within yourself and find your true self and do meditation techniques in India. Like, those people... Piss me the hell off. Okay, pick. Okay, you're not going to be a Christian. You're not going to be a Muslim. Okay, like, you're going to be an atheist. Okay, don't spend your free time traversing the world trying to do some bullshit, neo-spiritual, new religion garbage where you try to find yourself. Okay, because all you're saying is that I don't believe in the Bible, but I'm not cool with the fact that this is all just a big accident. So I'm going to go do some horse shit with monks in Asian countries. And I'm going to go do yoga. And I'm going to try to go within myself. Some real eat, pray, love type of shit. These people are gay. They are gay. And I don't like them. This no, wait, 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 When you say they're gay, do you mean in the literal sense of he likes men because he's asking to see other pictures of her dates. Well, this dude sounds like he might have some latent homosexuality. I mean, in the figurative sense. These people suck. This dude sounds awful. 
you think you want to be a youth pastor, which that's great. You get to mentor young people. More power to you. And then when you're in college, you decide you don't believe in God, so you're still going to get a master's in theology or world religion, and you're going to you're going to backpack across Thailand to meet with celibate monks in a monastery or not monastery a temple. Yeah, temple. And it's just like ugh. I made you smarter asking, that time. Yeah, you did. Well, you're a very smart young man, John. I just don't know words. I feel like I'm a good critical thinker. You are. You have a very sharp mind. Thank you, sir. Um, means it really does mean a lot coming from you. I mean it. I mean it. Um, so this dude, like, he can't make up his mind, it seems like to me. And he's asking to go to yoga with her, which that seems very intrusive to me. I feel like yoga is like, I mean, I don't do yoga, obviously. But let's say what I do do is that I play video games with friends at night. And, like, you just don't meet a person and say, yo, can I get in your squad on PlayStation? No. We have to get to know each other. Okay? If I meet a dude at work at the water cooler and he says, hey, you play Battlefield, and I say, yeah, well, he doesn't get to play Battlefield with me that night. You don't get to just go to yoga with this girl that you don't like but you still want to be friends with. You just sort of get to ask for pictures of the dude she's going on dates with. It, it seems for her he is a very bad fit, and she did the right thing by saying she doesn't want anything more than she doesn't want to pursue it seriously. He sounds like he's still into it. If if the timeline's true and she told him first that she didn't think they were compatible, obviously the the easy thing to say is, yeah, me neither, but let's still be friends, like you say, so that he can keep close to her, join up yeah. in her yoga squad, and win her heart over uh, the old-fashioned way of just being around close proximity at all times. Back in the olden days where you only got married to people on your county road. He's just trying mm-hmm. to stay really qu- really close. So if, if the timeline's true that she put out here, I'd say you're probably onto something there. But there's also the possibility, Seth, recently divorced, he might not have any friends. He might not like her, but he might think she could help him meet other women at yoga. Yeah. Like there is, I do think the recently divorced is important. I just think he might not have any friends. Yeah, that's true. Good point. I mean, the guy sounds like a fucking weirdo, so he might not have any friends. It wouldn't surprise you, right? That's fair. I don't imagine you make many friends when you go out and do those high Oscars. Did I say it right that time? Uh, no, it appears that you end up telling your first cousin who doesn't do any drugs that you saw God <laughs> and you want him to cook you DMT. Now. I'm going to need a follow-up. Maybe in a couple of years, this guy's going to go on his one of his journeys, and he's going to see God, too. Maybe he'll be with your cousin. Maybe they'll run yeah, that, into each other. Maybe we can both get him on the podcast to discuss. Can we just say, so this female, who will remain confidential, obviously, she listens to the radio show. And the podcast, I believe. And the podcast. Okay. I don't know if she listens to the radio show. She said she listens to the podcast. Well, let us just hope that the young man does not listen to the podcast either. <laughs> I'm going to guess that he doesn't. And I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess it's not esoteric enough for him. He does not seem he, he does not seem like he would be in the ranch gang. He does not seem yeah. like he he would mess with us. Yes, that's true. He went to Yale, he wears a suit, he might be gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he just doesn't seem like he's really into Reed's Ranch. Yeah, that's true. We are uh Probably a little too, you know. You've you've you you've said that as a derogatory term way too many times for him to still be listening. <laughs> he probably thinks of us. It's as gay as hell. <laughs> you say that way too many times to be derogatory for him to still be listening. So I think we're good. I think we're good. You're gonna cite. You're either gonna help my. You're, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna. You've obviously already helped my career, but eventually it's all gonna come crashing down when I get my big break and everyone goes back and hears how many times I was on a podcast where where a homophobe was on here dropping so dropping mean happen, things like that. What's gonna happen is that you're gonna have to delete the archive. Then I'm gonna have to denounce my friendship with Seth Hughes. So once you they're gonna want me. They're gonna want me to denounce and, and and say that I'm no longer affiliated with Seth Hughes, which I will not do. 
But we are going to delete the archive. We'll just put it on Patreon. Patrons only. All right, Seth. Anything else? We're up at fifty nine minutes or forty nine minutes. I'm gonna get us out of here. No, I, I feel like it was another good podcast. I feel like this is maybe my. This is in my top five. This is a good one. Last week's I felt like was good too. Um, we I got to start. I'll let's uh, let's do one in the middle of the week. I really, um, really need you to get a hold of your cousin. I really need you. Look, people like him. They want to share their story, Seth. Oh, that's true. There's no doubt about that. They want to tell everybody they can about all the cool shit they do and all and seeing God. He wants to tell us about this. That's true. Or you can just record his phone call illegally, and we'll just never we won't let him know he's on a podcast. I'll I'll, I'll give him a shout. One way or the other. Either way, shout out to the Ranch Gang. If you want to become a patron, go to Patreon.com/slash/ReedsRanch. Shout out to Marcos Garza for sponsoring the podcast. Don't say guilty, say Garza. Seth, I'll talk to you in the middle of next week. Love you, brother. Love you too. Bye, buddy. Hopefully I can become your second best friend.